Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, where we uncover the stories that shaped the business owner. Brought to you by Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara. Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast. Business Diaries is a quarterly storytelling event featuring five storytellers from the business community. Each event has a theme which our storytellers base their stories upon. It's always an inspiring evening. The stories are always interesting, sometimes hilarious, and it would be true to say that the odd tear has been shed. The podcast is designed to discuss the stories in a little more depth and get some more valuable tips from the business owner. My name is Lisa Settle. And my name is Isla O'Hara. And we'll be your hosts for today. As this is our very first podcast, it seems only right that we should talk about the very first Business Diary storytelling event that was held in March 2017. That was a long time ago, it seems. (laughs) Um, I think going back then, our storytellers on the first night were Molly Wright, Gemma Fairclough-Haynes, Ali Harold. Linda Garcia and Chris Pollard. But the very, very first storyteller for that night was Amanda Flanders. And I'm delighted to say that Amanda is with us in the studio tonight. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. I think it's fair to say that you weren't really feeling your best that night, were you? Um, uh, no, I can't believe it was uh, 2017, though. Was no, it that, it was, that long It ago? was a long time ago now. Um, yeah, I had tonsillitis. Yes, really wasn't very well at all. Yeah, yeah. I remember being very grateful for you actually turning up because I thought this is touch and go. Yeah, it made me go first, (laughs) so that you could go home. Exactly, so I could leave. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's true. So it does seem a long time ago. We had six storytellers that night, um, and the problem there was there wasn't enough time. Basically, yes. Uh, Chris Pollard was 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 quite. Well, happy storytelling and went over slightly, didn't yeah, we? We have yeah. a, a 10, 15 minute storytelling slot and Chris Pollard, I think, did about, I don't know, 20 something. Something like so, that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But it was very interesting. It was, it was a good story. Good. Um, really enjoyed it. So um, just want to go back to the events and where we run them for those that don't know. So Isla, you run the Tunbridge Wells. Yes, at the absolutely fabulous Hotel Devan in the centre of Tunbridge Wells in the beautiful Havana room. It's a gorgeous room. Absolutely gorgeous room. And I run the Medway version. So we have been up until now in the Innovation Centre, but we are now looking for a new home and we will keep you posted with that. Um, The next Business Diaries event will be in March. Yeah. That's yours, isn't it? On Thursday the 19th. Yep. Uh, we start at half seven. Uh, so we can come in and have a drink and get to know everybody there. And our storytellers start at about eight o'clock. Okay. Do we know who's coming? We do. I've got one speaker who is just left to confirm, but we've got a fabulous range um, of storytellers. So I would urge everybody, please follow us on social media at The Biz Diaries to keep up to date with who is speaking. Great. And for me, the Medway um, event will be on June the 4th. So obviously, as I said before, the venue is to be arranged still, but I'll keep you posted and that will be splattered all over Uh, social media as soon as I know so going back to Amanda 
can you give us just a bit of an outline as to your story? The theme was working away. Yes, I'm trying to put my brain back there for three years ago. But yeah, I spoke about uh, when I first moved to Greece and uh, started working in Greece. That's right, yeah. And uh, I, I think that for other people that don't know, Amanda went off one day, decided to up and leave home, leave your job, leave your family and friends, and went off to Greece not only to live but to work as well, which is a bit of a bit of an upheaval. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was sort of it wasn't just a sudden um, decision. Uh, we had been discussing it for years that we wanted to move abroad, and then we went on holiday there. And then the last time we was on holiday there, it's like okay. Let's move. So we was on holiday there in the September and moved there in the March. How many times have you said that? You go on holiday and go somewhere really <laughs> fabulous and you think, oh, I'd love to live here. But you actually did it. So yeah. tell us, just give us a, a run through of the story. Um, what, what happened? So moved over there, um, became settled. And uh, when I moved over there, I was actually working in the jewellery trade Um at a shop in Bluewater. So that was sort of the industry that I knew and understood. So I thought going to, to Greece, it's the island of Kefalonia, uh, I'll try to get a, a job in a jewellers over mm. there. Surely, you know, they'd love somebody that had, you know, I was a manager of a big turnover store, so they'd want my experience. So I st uh, we had some friends over there and they were going to help me find a job. Um, but as it was, one evening I was in the main capital uh, Argostoli and saw there was a sign in uh, one of the jeweler's windows asking for a sales assistant so I went in the first thing I said was do you speak English <laughs> which is probably the <laughs> most stupidest thing to say because the sign was in English <laughs> um, and yeah so they they were looking for somebody so he sat me down and gave me an interview brilliant and that was all in English I take that it. was all in English yeah, yeah his yeah. English was perfect okay and what can you remember what he was after I mean what was the yeah I was way over overqualified right he okay. said this is he, he kept on saying this is nothing like um in England yeah it's like yeah I know that <laughs> I remember that 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 was the theme that ran through your story on the night wasn't it it's like oh well yeah you you might do that in in England, but that's, that's not, not how we do it, it here in Greece. <laughs> it's like, but that's fine. I'm willing to learn. Uh, obviously, I had quite a lot of experience. I'd done a lot of training. I knew uh, the ins and outs of jewellery and diamonds and watches and everything. So I, I very much knew my trade. Um, but he was very much. But that's not how we do things here. Mm. You know, we could mm. do things differently. I was like, but jewellery's jewellery at the end of the day, isn't it? Um, but he, you know, he's. I, I got to understand his mannerisms he employed me and I started working there and uh, yeah that was interesting so what were some of the challenges so, well the main the f very first challenge um was the language of course I moved over to Greece I had started learning Greek just to give me an idea um but of course learning a language and then actually speaking a language are two completely different things so um the language barrier was a big thing to begin with luckily sort of the main idea of him employing an english salesperson was obviously in the, in the holiday season majority of um, clients customers coming in the store are english the tourists so that was fine but then obviously i had to still deal with greek customers when they came in as well so that was quite challenging so as you were building a life over in greece what were the things that you started to notice that were culturally different or well and different in terms of working over there very much from the UK? 
everything. <laughs> it's a completely different uh, culture and way uh, of life. Um, everything was completely different. And I think so many people do say, oh, I go on holiday. Yeah, I'd love to live here. It is a completely different experience living there to actually being on holiday there. And you've, if you've got to earn your living and... Um, live the way that the Greeks do um, and obviously Greeks are you know a very um, civilised country it's not a poverty driven country or anything but the Greeks are very strange people What was an example of sort <laughs> of a, a bit of a, a cultural difference or a bit of a culture shock the, uh, the Greeks uh, would come across as we would consider very rude they're not they're just very direct and when they talk sometimes it can be very loud but us British people we are very well known for our patience and politeness and uh Oh, yes, I remember the, the story with the bank. Oh, the Greeks just aren't. You know, you go to the bank and you have to wait to, to to be seen and they don't queue. They just, you know, whoever fancies going up next, they push in and they, you know, no, it's my turn and all that type of thing and then they're just rude to you. And it's, it's quite surprising. That it's, you know, even for for somebody that you wouldn't consider yourself necessarily an overly polite person, but when you're, you're you know, being polite is our culture as British people. We can't, you can't get away from it, no matter what your nature is. That's the way that we're brought up. It's manners is what we're brought mm, up with. Absolutely. And they didn't have any manners whatsoever. And you're just like... So you stood in the queue for about two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I like, you realised that you had to like dive in. But, and of course, you know... It's quite surprising. Uh, I mean, I have always been quite a confident person. I'm a lot more confident the last sort of five or six years than I ever was before. But I was quite a conf- strong person. But going out there, uh, it was completely different because I think the main thing was the language mm-hmm. because I was thinking, well, they can't understand me. I can't understand them. And that sort of makes you think, oh, you know, I don't know what to say, or what to do. And you stand there in, in the queue trying to work out what you're going to say in Greek. And the time you come around to saying it, the person's gone. So you can't tell them, I I'm next. Like, you just needed your elbows. Yeah, exactly. You, just, you did just need to yeah, <laughs> perfect the evil stare yeah. and just push in, basically. Yeah, yeah. So did you find after a while that you'd like totally sort of understood the way it was and... and went with the flow yeah i mean it, t- it did take a long time because you're, you're talking about trying to t- change your 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 values your beliefs the way mm. that you are mm. uh, and i don't think you necessarily have to change yourself but you just have to be aware of the other culture and adjust into that culture and how to deal with that culture mm. you know mm. by staring at them and speaking loudly you might go oh i can't do that because it's being rude but that's how they are with each other so that's the nature that they're used to so i remember in the story you said about the displays you were very very used to putting out the displays when you worked over here in the uk in the jewelry uh trade yeah but out there in your shop that was obviously much smaller um, and and, uh probably didn't have a turnover (laughs) four four million no um you then, you know, were quite confident that you could do the display and yet he he told you otherwise. Yes. Um, he obviously in the jewellery, uh, in the jewellers, in the windows, the displays are, you know, very important to making them look nice and tidy and clean and everything. Uh, and after I'd been there for a couple of weeks and he felt that I, you know, was beginning to get a bit better at what I was doing, um, he'd asked me to do the window displays and he's like quite, and tried to tell me, you know, you need to do this and this. And I, said, I reassured him, I said, I'm really good at this let me do it and he's like oh, well you know just like that. anyway he let me do a couple of displays and then he came back and was like oh you actually are quite good at that aren't you I was like <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> uh, but I think it was just again 
I don't want to use that word arrogance, but I guess that, uh, the Greeks do tend to have a, a certain arrogance about them. Obviously, the Greeks, you know, they discovered the world and everything. So the Greeks, uh, Greeks know everything. And he was very much, well, that's not the way we do it. So that, that, that's not yeah. the right way. I mean, that's the, the, the sentence that you used over and over again on the night was that that's not the way we do it. Yeah. You might do that in the UK, but that's not the way you do it. That's not and that was here. kind of a, a, you know, wearing on you, wasn't it, throughout the the time you were working there. Yeah, well, it makes you question yourself. If somebody's basically telling you the way you're doing it is not the way it should be done, eventually, especially when, you know, I don't think sometimes you realise how things do affect you. So the move and being in a different country and the culture differences and all that, it, you know, you're getting on with your life. You don't actually realise actually how much it is affecting you. And... um by him just questioning me all the time and ask, you know, say, oh, do you, you know, do, should you really do that? He, he wasn't, I don't, I don't think he was doubting my ability. It was just uh, an intrigue of questioning why I'm doing something I'm doing. And of course, at the time, to me, it just felt like he was questioning me why am I doing that? That can't, mm-hmm. uh, therefore me thinking, oh, I must be doing it wrong because he's questioning me. Um, you know, he even had to show me how in Greece they clean jewellery. Because it's completely different, obviously, to have a clean jury in the UK. <laughs> was it? <laughs> no, not at all. Did you just smile? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. okay. So I, I remember from the story that, that you told on the evening that it, it went beyond him questioning your professional ability. He started to encourage you to look a certain way and to dress a certain way. <laughs> yes. And it, that's so much more personal. Yeah, very much so. He... Um, Obviously, when I first went to work there, I'd come from, uh, you know, high-end jewellers here. So I had my suit. So I thought, oh, you know, I can wear wear my suit because I, you know, look professional and everything. And he's like, oh, no, that's that's far too formal for here. It's, you know, you need something more casual. So then, you know, I started wearing my casual clothes. <laughs> then he's like, yeah, we want you to be smart but casual. And I was like... I was trying to do that. So eventually, and again, I think it was out of, once I got later on when I knew them better, I understood them better uh, out of the kindness of their heart, but they gave me a bag of clothes um, that, you know, they'd bought, went and got and bought me these clothes uh, that they wanted me to wear in in the shop. And it wouldn't necessarily be anything that I would have chosen myself, Um, not really my style or or fashion, but, um, you know, they asked me to wear them. So I did. So you were presented with this bag of clothes, which... Hearing, hearing this again, I still find this completely <laughs> incredulous. How, how did that make you feel? Well, I, I guess I was just, again, like, they've been questioning me the whole time. So it was like, again, just questioning how I looked and appeared. Uh, so I guess I didn't necessarily think about it in much depth, but it probably did knock my confidence even more because he was questioning the way that I was dressing. I mean, one of them, for example, one of them was um, quite a nice summer dress, Um but the material was basically like um, an old lady's curtains. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to say, the Greeks, bless them, they don't have the greatest sense of fashion. So, uh, yeah, it was um, different. But I only had to wear it for work, so it wasn't too bad. Did you ever feel bullied? No, I don't I don't think it was a, a being bullied so much. I think it was just not having that confidence to, to sort of go, no, I'm not wearing that. Don't be stupid. Mm, mm. Because at the time I didn't feel, you know, I didn't believe that I was sh- should have done that. You know, he's given me a job. He was my boss. Um, 
you know, I was in a completely different country. I didn't speak the language. Everything was new. It was, you know, it was a whole cultural difference, a whole change. So I think it was just a case of, yes, okay, I'll do it because that's what he wants me to do. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, how you can be, I mean, we know you, we know Amanda, don't we, as a, as a assertive, organised, confident lady, um, and to think that, you know, you you weren't feeling that yourself and you were a little bit perhaps submissive in a way mm. um, is, is quite unbelievable, really. But it just goes to show how confidence can be affected. Yeah. And how you can be knocked and... Yeah. Um, yeah. So. There's that constant questioning all the time. And I think until you truly 100% believe in yourself, which I think takes us all a very long time to realise that's what we need to do. You need to believe in yourself before you can expect anybody else to believe in you. Yes. And it does take a long time for you to actually get that, I think, experience, age, all those type of things. And uh, at that point, again, just because of the constant, oh, that's not how we do things here, or questioning. And, um, and you know, I did struggle with the language. I'm not... Um, I love languages and I'd love to be fluent in lots of different languages, but I'm not, I, I can never hear the language correctly to be able to repeat it. Mm. And he got his wife to teach me uh, some Greek. Uh, basically, obviously, the phrases I would need to use uh, in the store and uh, the names for all the different types of jewelry bits and everything. So, obviously, just so that I could be, you know, conversational to any Greek customers. Mm. You know, if anybody came in seriously, he would always deal with them anyway but um you know they'd expect me to deal with some uh, customers in, in greek and everything and um i had to run around the town doing errands for him so i had to go to the bank and do this and i had to go and do that you know there's another thing in greece and everything's in the same place yeah <laughs> you literally go one one end of the town to do this and then another end of town to do that but i actually used to use that as quite a good uh an excuse to have a break because i used to take a lot of time walking obviously the weather was nice and everything so i used to walk around you know stroll around the town doing the errands and when I got back he'll be like oh it was a long time oh yeah well you know there's a long queue in the bank <laughs> so I used to give myself a break um but yeah I mean the, I think the another thing that did knock my confidence was the language uh, and I think one problem us British again have is when we try to speak somebody else's language we try to speak it with their accent mm, mm. which if you think listen to anybody that speaks English from a different country they speak English with their accent italian french greek they have their accent they don't get rid of their accent mm. so we should speak their languages with our accent and it's fine and even down to the fact that um a lot of obviously we, as we made friends and met more people out there people used to ask me where i used to work and i'd be oh yeah i work in garbis jewelers and they're like where and i'd be like garbis and they're like where's where's that then i'm like you know in, in town in Agostoli, just down the high street what's it called again so i'll be garbis and they'll be like looking at me and then they'll go oh a garibis and I'm like but that's what I just said (laughs) (laughs) and it was a bit it was was, you know those barriers uh, it makes you shy and lose your confidence because you think oh they're not going to understand me didn't he ask you to answer the phone yeah yeah I used to have to say um, again I used to have to I can't what don't you say Uh, uh, garibis paracolo which is how you answer the phone. And, of course, then they'd speak to me in Greek and I'd be like, I can't answer hold on, them. Hold on. <laughs> and then I used to have to say, uh, wait a minute, and then and call uh, call my boss if he was there. Or if he wasn't there, then I'd have to say, he's not here at the moment. Can I take a message? And, of course, they'd give me the message. Um, but I'd never pass the message on because I didn't know what they said to me. 
<laughs> and I just think, don't think he actually believed that I couldn't actually mm. understand. Mm. I mean, obviously, after being out in Greece for a couple of years, uh, I could speak Greek and understand the language and understand the people. But within the first, say, we moved out there in the March uh, and I started in March, April, I probably started work for him mid-April Season starts over there in May, so then I was working the season May through to October. So, um, so did you have a lot of tourists? Did you um, did you get by just speaking English? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, in the season. It was fine because we, there's a lot of uh, obviously English tourists, uh, American tourists that come to the island. There's lots of cruise ships that come to the island on on the Greek tours and everything. So uh, that was fine. And um, obviously, he when I was serving the British or, or the English speaking, obviously the first comment went. Well, you don't look very Greek, do you? There's no good. Or, or, or your English is very good. So yes, it's because I'm British. <laughs> but I used to get obviously good report, and I used to sell really well because I was a very good salesperson. So I got sell very well to the Greeks. And even the fact that he, there was a particular necklace that he'd made. Um, the, there's a film, The Captain Corelli's Mandolin, oh, yes, and it was yeah. filmed on the island, oh, Kefalonia. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. And he made um, a necklace uh, that was it's obviously. I think we moved there the year after or a couple of years after the film. Anyway, he had this necklace and he set me a target. He said, if you can sell uh, five or more of these necklaces, then I will give you a necklace. So I sold 15 uh, over the summer. Uh, and they're, I think about 200 euros each or something like that. And of course, he was he was very impressed with that. Mm. Um, but did you get two necklaces? No, I only got one though still. <laughs> but you know, it was still nice. It was gold, 14 karat gold necklace, which I've got, still got. But, uh, you know, it, it was just one of those things that, I think he obviously needed to um, understand what I was capable of doing, and because my confidence was kept on was kept on being knocked, and I was worried about speaking the language and everything, that just made the difference as to I wasn't my you know, my normal calm, confident self mm. as I would would have been. Um, so it took a little while to settle in. Let's draw let's draw out that theme a little bit because with the benefit of hindsight, we're sharing these stories mm. now and these experiences, and we've you know we've looked back and we can laugh about it. And you've been very kind, uh, and yeah, quite kind to your employer. But at the time, your confidence was being further and further eroded. You're wearing clothes that are not your choice. <laughs> he is just chipping away very much at your confidence. And hearing you tell this story the first time. Things weren't, you were not in a good place. No, no, you very much not. You were not happy. No. So what, let's move the story forward a little bit. What was the breaking point? What was the final straw and what made you decide that enough is enough? Well, I think um, th there was a mixture of stuff. Obviously, also, when you've been going on holiday to a certain place, country for a long time, and then you move there, there tends to be the holiday culture still in you, especially when you get there and it is tourist season. So you try to still be in holiday mode, but then still work there as well. So there was lots of going out and partying and trying to have time to, to you know, go to the beach and do that type of thing. And obviously, when you're on a, a tourist-based island, when it's tourist season, you work. You work um, seven days a week. 10 hours a day sometimes um constant because that's when you get your income as you earn your own money in the tourist season uh, i think i i think i had one day off a week i can't remember now i must have had one i don't think i worked seven days a week i had i had one day off a week i, I tend to used to work um nine till two because then they had siesta so then we close the fiesta and then be back from six till ten uh during, um that was uh, june Ju july and august would i'd have to be there quite so long before and after it was less hours mm -hmm. um 
but it was just a, a mixture of things. So obviously, one, we'd moved to Greece for a different lifestyle and I ended up doing sort of the same job that I was doing before, a lot more hours for a quarter of the pay of what I was getting paid here in the UK. And I just thought to myself, this is not, you know, I moved here for a different life. To but you weren't having time to... No, no. Life. And of course, mm. then uh, my, my parents came out to visit me. I didn't have time to spend any time with them because I was always working. I think some friends came over as well. So there was a mixture of things. And it was just a, um, all of that just made me think this, you know, this is not worth it. This is not the quality of life that I actually, you know, the whole idea of moving abroad was to have a better quality of life than I had in, in the UK. And that wasn't happening. It, you know, it was stressful, uh, upsetting and long hours and... Um, you know, I wasn't getting to enjoy living on the island. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, by by the end of it, I actually had, I had quite a nice working relationship with, with the boss and uh, now I still do have uh, contact with him and previous years I've been back on holiday and visited and he's always given me a gift and he's always so pleased to see me. Um, but um, at the time it was just, no, this is not what I'm here for, this is not what I want to do anymore. So I just, yeah, handed him my notice. Mm. which he was quite shocked at when I gave he was like do you really want to leave I'm like yeah sorry I do oh. it makes me feel sad really for him <laughs> now I mean, at the beginning of the story of the night I remember thinking oh my god what an awful man to yeah. work for <laughs> but you know at the end and when you said that you know he actually called you back to check on a, a design he'd done or he'd yeah. done, or a display you yeah, know yeah. I need you to come back and check to see if it's okay yeah so you know, after all that time thinking that you perhaps weren't working to his level of satisfaction, in the end he actually comes back and, and confirms that you, you were yeah. because he wanted your confirmation that he'd, he'd done something to your level, I yeah. suppose, wasn't it? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it kind of it came good in a way, didn't it? But obviously it wasn't the right thing for you. Yeah. So they say that our bodies... Um, often notice that we're off kilter before we actually recognise it ourselves. So did anything sort of manifest, you know, I don't know, like stress or... To be fair, I can't tell. I was drunk when I wasn't working, so... <laughs> <laughs> Told you, holiday mode. When you're not working, you're drinking. <laughs> okay, Nothing enough. overly noticeable stood out, no, not no. not within okay. sort of... So you just realised that this wasn't the... This wasn't the thing no. and this wasn't the lifestyle and you moved on. Yeah. And then, you know, sort of hindsight is a wonderful thing. Uh, probably over the winter, things are a little bit tougher on the island. You know, everything closes down. There's no, this, the main town is open. There's no tourists. Everything's quiet. So then it's like, oh, maybe maybe I was too hasty mm. to, to get rid of the job. So at a later date, I probably would have gone back to him uh, because actually it was quite a nice little job. Mm. But I think just that whole process of having to supposedly moving out there for a different lifestyle um and i wasn't having a different lifestyle and it was i was taking a battering at the time when i was there as well um it, that's i think the main thing of why mm. i was like no i just you know i can't do this i want my friends and my family to come and visit me in the summer there's no point in them coming to visit me if i'm going to be if working all the time yeah, sure. so um yeah there was a big difference so what would you say are the key things that you, from that experience living and working in another country, what are the key things that you think you've brought back with you and when you've set up your very successful business now? Was there, and are there any key things that 
you've brought from that experience? Yeah, I think everything that you go through in life gives you experiences. Uh, I remember a while ago I was doing a radio interview and they said, you know, do you have any regrets? What thing, what what one thing would you change? And I wouldn't regret anything or change anything because everything that you do in your life makes you the person that you are and sets you up to be the person you are. So everything that knocks your confidence and knocks you as a person, eventually all a learning curve, you get strength yeah. from that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all have times when we're really happy and positive and we have times where, you know, we're sort of feeling rotten but i think as i say i think we said before if you learn to believe in yourself and in your strengths and your abilities and just let that shine through and don't let people question you or beat you down mm. because you know what you're doing is right not always right some people have different opinions and that could that that what the how they want to do things could be their way of doing it right you know it's not always necessarily one way of doing things but i think just the experience of living abroad and being abroad um you know, I always call Kefalonia the island of my dreams and my nightmares because it was um, it was beautiful island. I love the island and it was a great experience living there for eight years. Mm. Uh, but then lots of sad things happened to me when I was there. So, uh, you know, it was a mixture of things over the eight years. But it, it was real life. It was real life at the yeah. end of the day. And it's yeah. it's it's what helped me to grow and strengthen into the person I am now. And um, certainly since I started my business really sort of using all of the things I've learned in my in my life and the years uh, of resilience uh, and being strong and being positive all the time I think one of the you know one of the big things is the positivity that's come come from me um not giving up mm. uh, again um I always think back to an event I was running for a client and one of the, it was for women in business and one of the questions she asked the attendees was um what was that one thing that got you off that bathroom floor. You know when you're there and you're as low as you can be. Mm. And I always think back as my stubbornness. Because <laughs> <laughs> my stubbornness will always get me off that bathroom floor. Yeah, it has always got me off my bathroom floor. Agree with that. <laughs> I'm sure they would. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd say the same actually. Um it's that 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 determination that yeah. you know I'm not giving in. Um but I think that Looking back over your story, I think there were some good takeaways for me. And I think that, you know, obviously confidence is one and it's a good reminder that it's confidence isn't a static condition. It's no. very, it's subject to the environment that you're in, the people that are around you. Um, so for us today, I think it's, it's, it's a good reminder to sort of check in with ourselves and access our um I don't know, our inner feelings and decide, mm. you know, where are you feeling confident? And, you know, if not, you know, m maybe you're not surrounded by the right people. Maybe it's time to uh, move on and uh, like you did yeah. in Kefalonia. Yeah, exactly. So, but just going back, um, I want to ask Isla as well what, what she got from that story. But also, um, well, perhaps if we go there first, what, what, what stood Definitely out for you? Definitely for me, <clears throat> what I think is really inspiring about the story is the level of courage that you had. For me, it was courage to leave your familiarity of living <clears throat> and uh, and your family in the UK, going to a new country, embracing the language and working uh, within a, a, a new culture. But um, it's courage to realise that actually this is not what you want and then courage to say, this is really not what I want yeah. and courage to come back home again. And then your points about resilience and that positivity for me resilience does take courage as well and also to be 
just so positive about the fact that you have that strength within you and that resilience within you to say, yes, this is not what I wanted. This is not the life that I wanted to create for myself. Uh, and to say enough's enough and to try something new. So that's very much what I take from the story. Yeah, I think yeah. it's quite funny because I think obviously people, when I was there and I think uh, you mentioned it before, you know, what he was quite courageous and quite brave to do, to, 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 to go and do it. Mm. But for me, it wasn't, it was his excitement. I wanted to go and live somewhere else. So, so that, that's, that was what spurred you Yeah, on. it was, I didn't even. Because that would have been sort of way out of most people's comfort yeah. zones to say, yeah, I'm going to leave home, I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to work abroad. Yeah. And, I mean, I think obviously, you know, um, you know, my background, I had moved abroad and lived abroad briefly before. When I was 18, I went to Belgium, uh, lived in Belgium for a couple of years and then came back. And it was, um, this was when I was in my uh, early 30s that we moved to Greece. So I had done it before. Mm. Um, but it was. And when you're 18, you don't care anyway. Do no. You? Just, yeah. like, so, you know. <laughs> you're rebellious. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going abroad. Yeah, I'm, I'm off a go. Uh, so when I'm, yes, we had sort of created, we had friends, we had family. Um, and yes, obviously I, w- I was sad to, to move away from um, my family and my friends, but I, I was more excited about mm. the, the life that lay ahead of us. Yeah. And we had friends uh, in Catalonia. We'd been going there for several years on holiday. Uh, and, you know, it was only three and a half hour flight. So everybody could come and visit us. Visit us. That mm. was absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, okay, so I was just going to say, going back to that night, the very first Business Diaries, we mentioned the other storytellers. I don't know, Amanda, do you remember any of the stories? Does, does anything I, stand I out? I do. I remember Molly, Molly Wright's story. Molly has always been hysterical and she, uh, her story was... Uh, one again of courage of working abroad and uh, not working abroad working, working away, away from home she, she kind of flipped it didn't she yeah she, the funny thing was she said or part of her story was why do you have to work away to be taken seriously yeah because she was then working at home so and she was sort of saying about her family ganging up on her and saying, yes yeah, yeah. Uh, what 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 you've been there all day you've not loaded the dishwasher yeah and, um, yeah, exactly. I love Molly's stories. Always like an episode of EastEnders <laughs> with all of her family, in, which yeah. was good. And then we had uh, Linda's uh, story was um, a mixture, wasn't it? There was a little bit of sadness in there. Uh, again, hers was quite um, a mixture because she was so completely working away uh, in a different country, yeah. and then she well, she hadn't expected. I think that was like a last minute. Her her job took her to Chile yes and it was expected that it would wouldn't be for very long um she went off to Chile and things developed and she came back some years later with two children and and a husband husband. yeah (laughs) (laughs) which was a brilliant story it was really good and we had Gemma yes Gemma Fairclough Haynes who told the story of actually working away but working in this country but she'd taken on a job because she wanted more time at home yeah and but her business had other ideas and kept booking in her diary trips away and she had more trips away more trips away more trips away and um it wasn't really the reason she took that job so she ended up sort of again taking that that confident step forward to say i'm going to work for myself yeah definitely which which was a good story um and quite 
quite funny as well. She yes. was always, and she had her lucky red shoes on that night. She did. Did her Dorothy so, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had Ali Harold. Oh, Ali's story. I just loved that with yeah. the uh, sh- unshaven armpits or the yeah. shaven armpits. Yeah. Did you hear that one, Isla, with the unshaven? That, that, that was very funny. We'll have to get her to do that again another time. And um, we ended up with Chris Pollard, um, who told us about the rag trade. Yes. And working in Korea, I think it was. Yeah. And um, some of the, the stories, it, it ended up, Eating a live yes. lobster. Yes. <laughs> no, it wasn't a live prawn or oh, something. Live, something. Yeah, something that was alive. Yes. And moving underneath one of those big silver domes. Yeah. And he took the lid off and uh, yeah, so and they he had to eat it. Which yeah. So that it was very good. But we often end up with these stories. We we walk away different people take different things from mm. it. Uh the feedback that we always get is uh not necessarily what we're thinking. So I may have been blown away with a certain story because I've resonated with it. Yeah. I don't. Do you find that, Isla? You think, yeah. oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. And then someone else will say, oh, you know, that story yeah. by so and so. I you really love that. And and when you you delve deep, you find out that's because mm-hmm. they've resonated it with, you know, somewhere along the line. Or, yeah. um, I know that someone, uh, who was Shirley, who does the check in at the business diaries. She checks everybody in and ticks you off. She's been in the jewellery t- trade for mm. years and years and years. She's been, well, was the manageress of Samuel's chains for, for absolutely ages. Um, remembers Gerald Bratton very well. He was a guest on one of the business bunker shows. Um, but, yeah, she really resonated with some of the things you were saying from, from the industry yes. side of things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it is interesting and the different feedback and the last storytelling we had which was at christmas um zoe Carnes was there and everybody knows zoe everybody knows the brand but someone said to me i've known the brand for ages but i've never really known zoe yeah so it was really nice to see who she really is yeah um yeah. but then on the other hand you have people who you don't know don't you you know and 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 that's really nice to put the spotlight on them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, because it is all about sort of getting to know them and to yeah. like them. And it, it's the memories that it stirs up in yourself as well. You'll often hear somebody share an anecdote and it'll spark something that's buried deep in your memory. Mm. And you're like, mm. Oh, yeah, I remember that really awful seafood dish I had in Thailand or... Um, yeah. or an expedition that you went on and you might not remember all the details but somebody else sharing a similar experience it it brings it back up in your own memory absolutely yeah and that's lovely sorry sorry I was going to say it also gives you um, inspiration as well and you hear people's strengths and stories and say so you, you have different takeaways from the stories uh, as, you, as you said at the beginning that there's been a mixture of, of smiles and laughter and we've had quite a lot of tears as well yes. and people really yeah. have have bared their souls mm. and told us their stories uh, which in itself is brave and courageous mm. uh, but then how they've you know grown and how they've built from those sad stories is, is brilliant it's you know it's just getting yeah. to know that person behind uh, the face behind the business uh, say if it's somebody you know or don't know I think it, we, there's always takeaways there's always mm. something that you can instill in you mm. that you know can give you more you courage always- think about them for the next sort of two days they're yeah. always on a thursday and i think by the you know I, I don't come down until the weekend because they're still in my mind mm. 
you know, I'm thinking about the stories and I always have loads of questions and I always want to next time I see that person say, Oh, hang on, what about this? Yeah, yeah you and want to keep other, keep the conversation keep, yeah. going, don't you? And it's it's lovely as well not to you mustn't forget the audience because the audience are really great and it's it's really lovely when they we have that break and they actually go and talk to the storytellers. It's it's so nice that the and Paul Andrews always says, Oh, it's you know, it's a, it's a good networking event, and it was never meant to be a good networking yeah. event, but it actually is. it's turned out to be a good networking event because we have a really nice, a small amount of people there. Um, it sparks conversations. It gets conversations going, doesn't it, which is yes. is yeah. a good thing, Yeah, which is really nice. Absolutely, yeah. So, Isla, do you have a theme for your next? We do. Ooh. Our theme for the next one on the 19th of March is a curveball. Ooh. So something unexpected <laughs> happening in your business journey. Uh, what was the curveball? What happened to you? And what happened as a result? So I'm very excited. We've got some fabulous storytellers. Excellent. Really looking forward to that. Okay, so, well, I think all that remains to say is to say thank you to you, Amanda, for coming along and sharing your story and bits of your stories. And we've, we've sort of highlighted the takeaways. Um can you give us just um, a little rundown on how people can book on for the yep. 19th of uh, March? Tickets are now available uh, through Eventbrite. So if you just type in the business diaries onto Eventbrite, it will come up. Or you can get them directly on my website, which is uh, uk. And I would just ask everybody, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries, B-I-Z Diaries. And you can find out all the information there and our latest news and what's going on. Wonderful. Okay, so um, Amanda, sorry, I did forgot to say to you, do you want to let us know how we can get in touch with you? If you'd like to get in touch with me, yes. <laughs> I'm sure someone would. Yes. Um, my business now is Avexio Limited. Uh, we do event management and venue finding. And uh, I'm all over social media, Amanda J. Flanders or Evexio Limited, um, and you can find me at amanda at uk. Yeah, I think you'd be you'd be pretty hard-pressed not to be able to find Yeah, to be fair, media. if you're on social media, <laughs> just put in my name, you'll find me. <laughs> yeah. So also, I do want to say, say thank you to Paul Cheese for our fantastic jingle. Um, thank you, Paul, very much. He's given us an intro and an outro, so we're very, very grateful to you for that. Based and on the sounds of Kent. Yes. From his big record. Yes. Mm, sounds interesting. Mm. We're very lucky. Yes, very lucky. And also to Paul Andrews for editing this podcast. So thumbs up to him. Uh, enormous thanks, obviously, go to you, the listener, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the discussion and you'll join us again. So in the meantime, as Isla said, if you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all those things, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye for Bye. now. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this edition of the Business Diaries. We would love to hear your feedback. Please find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries.